Welcome to KGNU's Morning Magazine. It's October 24th of 2022. I'm your host, Claire Purnell. Coming up on today's program, there's a big effort underway this election cycle to reach underrepresented voters. And CityCast host Bree Davies sits down with Denver's clerk and recorder, Paul Lopez, to discuss the integrity of the electoral process in a recent snafu with local ballot translation. At the bottom of the hour, we'll hear the BBC headlines and then the Hightower lowdown. After that, it's a public affair. Host Rosanna Longobetter will speak with Boulder County Commissioner Marta Lochman and Boulder County Clerk and Recorder Molly Fitzpatrick. Then at 9 a.m., we'll bring you Counterspin, a look at fairness and accuracy in reporting. After that, Cameron Henderson will be in the Boulder studio for the Morning Sound Alternative. All that is still ahead this morning, but first, the headlines with KGNU's Stacey Johnson. Boulder County Republicans say the county's election office is not staffing enough GOP election judges to ensure partisan parity at the county's voting centers. Boulder County Republican Chairperson Teresa Watson told the Longmont Times call last week the county clerk is required by law to fill judge positions from each major political party, 50-50, and the county's top election chief, Molly Fitzpatrick, a Democrat, has failed to do so. A spokesperson for the Boulder County Clerk and Recorder told the Times call the office has experienced ongoing difficulties in finding enough registered Republicans to work as election judges. The election department has instead appointed unaffiliated voters and people registered with other minor parties to fill the vacant positions. Other than voting centers, Colorado law also requires bipartisan election judges to work in ballot processing as well. According to the department's data, Boulder County has over 92,000 registered Democrats, 26,000 registered Republicans, and more than 101,000 unaffiliated voters. County GOP Chairperson Watson says her party has a lot of members who have done their training and are not being scheduled, although declined to provide the Times call with a list of trained GOP judges, citing privacy concerns. The party leader also did not respond to a follow-up inquiry as to the number of Republicans the party recommended to the clerk's office prior to the start of the election season. The county clerk and recorder's office spokesperson says a GOP election judge is working at every vote center through election day. Colorado House Minority Leader Hugh McKean died unexpectedly over the weekend. KGNU's Jack Armstrong reports. Colorado House Minority Leader Hugh McKeon suddenly passed away Sunday morning. According to the Larimer County Coroner's Office, McKeon died at 55 years old of a heart attack. Sentiments have been coming out from McKeon, his colleagues, and his family in light of his passing. A statement released from Senate Minority Leader John Cook on McKeon's death expresses, with his sincere nature and honest approach, he taught everyone what it means to be a statesman. McKeon's legacy follows him becoming elected to Loveland City Council in 2009 before being elected to represent Colorado House District 51 in 2016. Soon after, McKeon was an elected leader of the Colorado House Republican Caucus in 2020. During the morning process, a vacancy committee has been drawn up to find a replacement for McKeon's seat as leader of House Republican Caucus. According to Representative Colin Larson, a meeting for the committee to find a replacement is set for November 10th. For KGNU, I'm Jack Armstrong. Boulder County law enforcement arrested two people from Greeley, charging them with second-degree murder in connection with a carjacking attempt that killed a 21-year-old Denver woman early Sunday morning north of Longmont. 
Investigators say they believe the suspects first evaded a pursuit by a Larimer County Sheriff's deputy who suspected they were driving under the influence near Berthoud. Following the failed pursuit, Boulder County Dispatch received calls about people running from a disabled vehicle near 287 and Yellowstone Road. Shortly after, a Longmont hospital notified the call center that medical personnel were treating a patient with a gunshot wound who died shortly after arriving at the hospital. Investigators believe the victim, who was a passenger in a vehicle driven by her mother, encountered the suspects as they approached the intersection to stop. Police say the suspects got out of their disabled vehicle, with one of them shooting the victim with a handgun in an attempted carjacking. After searching the area near the disabled vehicle, sheriff's deputies and SWAT teams from Boulder and Larimer counties found the suspects at a nearby camper trailer and took them into custody without incident. Law enforcement also arrested a third person with outstanding warrants not associated with the events of the investigation. The FBI has released a new list of missing indigenous persons from the Navajo Nation. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Clark Adamitas from KSUT and KSJD has more. The FBI updated its list earlier this month, which now has nearly 200 missing indigenous people in New Mexico. It's part of a larger effort by federal agencies to address a problem that Native people say has persisted too long without enough funding or resources. Nationwide, there were 774 cases of missing Native people as of August, according to the National Institute of Justice. Last year, Secretary of Interior Deb Holland, a member of the Laguna Pueblo, announced the creation of a new unit with the Bureau of Indian Affairs that would focus on unsolved murders and missing persons cases. On Tuesday, the FBI announced it would offer a $5,000 reward in the case of Ella Mae Begay. Miss Begay, a 64-year-old Navajo woman, has been missing from her residence in Sweetwater, Arizona, since June 15 of this year. For KSUT and KSJD, I'm Clark Adamitis. An Aurora Middle School band teacher is named Colorado Teacher of the Year. KGNU's Kara Damari has more. Aurora's East Middle School band director, Jimmy Day, has been named 2023 Colorado Teacher of the Year. Day will represent all of Colorado educators and attend a ceremony with other state teachers of the year at the White House. According to the Sentinel, he had been told that the school was having an assembly for their award-winning students and had his band students play some songs. It wasn't until he got on the stage that he found out the assembly was actually for him. The award also comes with $5,000 from the Colorado Department of Education, along with the opportunity to teach a course at Adams State University and take a class there for free. He also gets to select one of his students for a $1,000 college scholarship. For KGNU, I'm Kiara Murray. Music promoter Chuck Morris will formally induct Boulder's Fox Theater into the Colorado Music Hall of Fame this week. In a news release, Morris cites the Fox Theater's success of lasting 30 years as a testament to the venue, ownership, staff, and the music community in the greater Boulder area, while also remarking that the club's long lifespan is almost miraculous as the average life of a rock club is less than five years. The music venue, located on the hill near the University of Colorado campus, opened in 1992, taking over a near 100-year-old building that was previously a dance hall, movie theater, and other businesses. According to the Colorado Hall of Fame news release, the venue quickly became a must-play spot for many well-known artists, along with being named by Rolling Stone as one of the top live music clubs in the nation. 
For all ghosts and goblins out there, today's weather forecast includes sunny skies with highs in the mid-60s. Winds will be light, topping at 10 miles per hour. Tonight, skies will be mostly clear with lows in the mid-30s. The current temperature in Boulder is 34 degrees. For KGNU, I'm Stacy Johnson. listening to KGNU's Morning Magazine. I'm your host, Claire Purnell. Data shows that young people are among the least likely to turn out in elections. Citizens who feel more proficient in a language other than English also tend to shy away from voting. But legislation passed into law last year requires certain counties in Colorado to provide multilingual ballots to improve access to the electoral process. Locally, the Boulder County League of Women Voters has been working to get the word out about access to multilingual ballots, while also urging eligible young people to exercise their right to vote. KGNU's Rosena Longobetter went to CU Boulder's campus to speak with students about the upcoming election and to learn more about the multilingual ballot from Emma Piller, Voter Services Director of the League of Women Voters of Boulder County. Casey Dennis. Are you from here? I am from here. And you already voted, you said? I already voted. Why is this election important for you? I think it's important to get my like voice out even if it doesn't do much I like to express my opinion and yeah I respect other people's opinions but I like to uh, express mine. A lot of people are saying that this election is extremely important. Do you think it, that's true? I think it's important because I think the economy's not doing great and I think it'd be good to uh, like get that better. Yeah I think it's important. I think no matter what it'll be important. Because Are you you know against or going for one issue or one of the proposals? Um, I'm kind of in the middle. I need to do more research on it. Is there something else you want to add? Uh, no, I haven't voted yet, but I probably will. Okay, awesome. Thank Good you luck, so you guys. Bye. Here at the university and students are walking around. Is it important to vote in this election? Of course, yes. We're all young people here. Yeah, I think everyone should vote. What are the issues that are the most important for you? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really thought about it in a while, but uh, student, yeah, student loans. yeah, student loans, pain, um, CU is a big um, cost, so I don't know, I'm sorry. Other issues like climate, for example, for young people, yeah, those are big. Yes, climate change. Mm -hmm. This is why we have to come here and talk to the students about um, all the candidates and who they should uh, vote for and give them an equal opportunity on um, each candidate and give them an open mind and uh, don't force them on which candidate they uh, should vote for. Um, everyone has their own opinion and they have the freedom. Yeah, give the, give the students uh, the education on. I think what you have said is super important about providing access. And so one of the things that recently happened is that now we have a hotline that can easily give access to those that have a second language, for example, and those that would like to really understand what is on the ballot this time. So I have the opportunity to speak also here with Emma Pillar and she is with Colorado Winds and uh, we are just here at a table and while students are passing by she's trying to provide information about the importance of voting right now. Give me your name and also tell me what you're doing here and what is this new hotline all about to provide access to voting this election? 
Yeah, so my name is Emma Piller and I work for Colorado Winds. We're the state employees union here in Colorado, uh, but I'm also the voter services director for the League of Women Voters here in Boulder County. Uh, and we're really excited to be able to help amplify this new opportunity for Colorado voters to be able to access the language assistance hotline. So uh, in 2021, uh, the state legislature was able to pass a bill that requires our secretary of state to provide a language assistant hotline so that if voters have another preferred language other than English, they're able to get their ballot translated uh, from the comfort of their home um, and be able to access these language and translation resources. Um, and yeah, we're really excited to be able to promote uh, this resource. Uh, here in Boulder County, we have a lot of Spanish-speaking voters, and so they can go into uh, one of our 19 polling centers and request a Spanish ballot in person to vote. Uh, they can also access their sample Spanish ballot uh, online at the Secretary of State's uh, website or also at the uh, Boulder County Elections website. How can people access this hotline? Yeah, so people can either call into the Secretary of State's uh, uh, language translation hotline uh, during its business hours. So uh, you can call into the hotline on Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. through 5 p.m. And then there's also extended hours um, the day before the election. So Monday, November 7th, and the day of the election, November 8th. Uh, they, the hotline will be available from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, people can also go in person to their local polling center site and they will have uh, trained election judges where people can ask a uh, request that we call into the translation hotline for them and they get their ballot translated um, and they can print out a Spanish language ballot there as well. Um, so in person or um, online people can access these resources. Why is this election important? You know, it's the meet election and a lot of people are like oh let's wait until the big election why is this more crucial many times than the next one Absolutely, yeah. So this is one of the midterm elections. So not only are people voting for their Congress and for uh, federal Senate races, uh, but there's a lot of local ballot issues that um, are up to uh, voters this election. So here in Boulder County, uh, there's a lot of county ballot measures that people um, have the ability to vote for uh, tax increases, uh, for fire mitigation. There's so many different uh, issues that people can vote on. So every election matters and people deserve to be able to vote on the decisions that are going to impact their lives down the line. Um, and I think there's a lot of local issues that impact people more directly in their communities than a lot of federal races do at times. So uh, every election matters and we need every voice at the table. Do you want to add something else? Because you're a student, you're young and many times, you know, Young people feel left behind, like their voices don't count. Yeah, definitely vote. You're young. We're uh, the next, uh, we're the future. So um, it all starts with us. Um, vote. <laughs> Get the ballot in. <laughs> Get it done. There's only a few days. I have been speaking with Emma Peller with Colorado Wings and the League of Women Voters here at the UMC at the University of Boulder talking about the importance of voting in this coming election on November 8th. For KGNU, I am Rosanna Longobetter. With the November 8th midterms just around the corner, some voters are feeling anxious about election security. 
and others are more worried about all the ghosts, ghouls, vampires, and all the other monsters that are emboldened this time of year. So on today's CityCast Denver excerpt, host Bree Davies sits down with Denver's clerk and recorder, Paul Lopez, to make the case for why voting in Denver is among the easiest and most secure in the country, and why you're way more likely to come face-to-face with an actual ghost than election fraud. Okay, let's talk about the election a little bit. And mm-hmm. before we get into sort of the what's going on this year or how we can help voters um, be more engaged, I do have to ask you about the ballot guides that went out a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Denverite reported that the office, your office made a mistake in the Spanish language version of the guide. Can you yeah. just explain what happened? Yeah, you know, um, we, we, we were notified um, by Denverite that we... Uh, had some errors in our Spanish translations, and it was just one word, right? So the one word that was duplicated in two different uh, ballot issues, um, you know, uh, being climate and then the other um, homelessness. And so once we we looked at that, you know, initially, I we missed, you know, right away we thought, okay, this this is probably a vendor error, and we did that mistakenly. The more we looked into it, and the more we investigated it, because I had asked my staff, look, if there were spotting one error, let's all get in a room, let's close the door, we're ordering pizza, and we ain't going to come out of there until we do another proof. And in that other proof, we realized that there were a couple of other errors, some omissions, and so um, of omissions of, uh, of some con statements. And so, you know, right out the gate, I'm the clerk and recorder right. for our best times and our hard times. And when we make mistakes, we have to be transparent about our mistakes and we got to do everything that we can to correct it. Um, You know, we, you know, with that particular uh, translation error, that's our fault. Sure. And we are doing everything possible to make sure that that doesn't reflect poorly amongst our vendor because our vendor is a good vendor and they have a great cause. And that's the person, that's the entity that's printing. Yeah. Well, they're, they're translating. So. Oh, they're translating. Okay. A lot of what's in our, in our book is a lot of legalese. Sure. I mean, my best barrio Chicano, Calo Spanish, I could never bat at that level, right? And so they, this is a very technical legal language that we pay a vendor to go through and do all of that, right? It's very time consuming, but it is a city vendor. Um, that's the that's those mistakes. The others we just we did not omit. Uh, I mean, we accidentally omitted con statements that came in on some ballot initiatives. That came in on time and should have been included in our, in the in Denver's blue book, right? So, you'll see that the mailer goes out, it deals with those initiatives, and it basically it corrects that by making sure that those statements are included, so that voters know that that's part of the blue book, right? So, like I said, um, they're not excuses. Uh, we have you know six days to turn around and do that. We have. Uh, staff that have been operating under the most difficult of circumstances, by no means an excuse, but an explanation of how this works behind the scenes. I told my staff, look, we're going to have bumps in the road. When we recognize those mistakes, we have to be transparent and we have to take responsibility for them. Right. And it's a good thing that we were able to uh, meet the meet a deadline so that we were able to get the mail out for folks in time to be able to see them. So there's like a correction issue. I'm just thinking something that I know is important to you. Uh, we live in the same communities. Spanish-speaking yeah. residents mm-hmm. are 
a prominent part of our community. And do you worry at all that we that they feel disenfranchised or that they're missing? They they feel like they might be missing that crucial information. I constantly um, think about that every single day yeah. for every voter. We yeah. do not want anybody to be disenfranchised or misinformation. That's why we corrected it immediately on the web. We put on we put it through all our social media. We put it in Spanish and todo nuestro redes social, and we even sent out a mailer, right? So we are doing everything possible to make sure that people got these, you know, before the ballots hit. And I think it's absolutely important. We have you know been very transparent. Yes, you know, I care very deeply. It's the community I come from. But our ability to do that and to turn around quick it says a lot about the elections division and the team that I'm a part of. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a massive undertaking. Yeah. You know, mistakes or not, you're you're dealing with yeah. people's yeah. vote. And as the clerk and recorder, I mean, myself, you know, Paul Lopez, elected clerk and recorder, I'm accountable for that. And, you know, it's my responsibility. And I have to ensure that in, in the process and moving forward that we address things like that. So you were talking a little bit earlier about um, we still have polling places, right? Colorado is really known because we have this excellent mail-in system. Why is it still important for us to have in-person voting options? It's the Colorado model, right? It's never an either or. You can, when you get your ballot, it's a mail-in ballot. You put two stamps on it, put it back in the mail, right? It's that easy. Make sure you sign the back of your ballot, please. (laughs) Um, You can drop it in any one of our drop boxes. We have 43 of them now uh, for this election. We're almost about to the point where we've doubled them in the last three years since I've been the clerk and recorder. And then we still have the in-person vote centers, one, because it is required by law, and two, because we believe that that's the model. The model is choices. We want to make it easier in the best possible way for voters to be able to access to access yes that's all in the instructions that we've sent in the mail it's also online to denvervotes.org denvervota.org en español um i'm also thinking about folks that are newer to the city maybe they've never voted by mail before yeah tell me about voting by mail why does it work why do we do it why do you love it you can vote from anywhere we mail it to you and you have 22 days after you mail it to you to return it. That's, um, that's like three weeks. Instructions, yeah. Also, it's a paper ballot. It's a physical piece it's a of... physical piece of paper. Yes. Record that you voted. And let me just make this clear, too. When you turn in that ballot, when you turn in your ballot, you make sure you sign the back of it. Once we receive it and your signature is verified, that envelope and your ballot never see each other again. They get separated so that it, it protects voter anonymity. But we have to hold on to those ballots 25 months after the election. Whoa. Yeah. In case Just somebody in has case any kind we of questions. Need to do a recount. Or- when we did a recount uh, uh, for the Secretary of State's Rep- the Republican primary, we still had the ballots ready to go. The outcome didn't change much, but I think four, right? But you still um, were able to prove that. And we were still able to prove that. Yeah. So it is a paper ballot. This doesn't just, you don't just delete it and forget to save your work, right? <laughs> there's a lot of misinformation out there. Yes. And there's a lot of haters about, uh, with, with the concept of mail-in ballots. It's because they're so easy. Mm-hmm. They're so uh, accessible. So accessible. Yes. And they are hard evidence. Yeah. That's a good point. I never thought about that when we, because that's mm-hmm. kind of what I wanted to ask you next about was, 
there's still election denier folks out there, right? There's still people that say that this system is flawed and that people are voting for other people and blah, 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 blah. And what would you, what do you say to someone who doubts our system that you have spent so much time making sure works? One, visit our website. Don't pay attention to Twitter and Facebook as your primary source of information or the plethora of talking heads that you're going to see on TV or what, you know, so-and-so said on the street or at the water cooler or on a break, right? If you need information, hit us up, denvervotes.org, right? And to those folks who, you know, can't accept the loss as a loss, man, I can't tell you how many times growing up in the West Side that I got my butt kicked. I just... How to get up, deal with it. I played for West High School's baseball team. We lost all the time. <laughs> it just meant that we loss. have to go back and work harder. Right. Right. In this system, it is secure, transparent. There is no proof um, of any kind of fraud or anything like that. So a lot of the talking heads are going to, it's part, and, and sadly, it's not as innocent as it sounds, because it's part of a, a, a nefarious national sure. movement to try to it's undermine right. our democracy. And it is dangerous and it is voter suppression. And, you know, we need people to be able to defend it. And that means go to the polls, participate, but push people to the right information. Well, clerk and recorder Paul Lopez, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining me. This was great. Hey, and vote early, please. We need people to vote early. You just heard an excerpt from CityCast Denver, the local Denver daily news podcast. Learn more about subscribing to the podcast at denver.citycast.fm or wherever you get your podcasts. That's all the time we have for today's Morning Magazine. I've been your host, Claire Purnell. Special thanks to Stacey Johnson, Jack Armstrong, Kiara DeMare, Rosanna Longo-Better, and the CityCast Denver crew for their contributions to today's program. If you'd like to comment on something you heard on KGNU, you can leave us a voicemail at 303-447-9911. We play the messages back on Tuesdays during the morning magazine. Stay tuned for a commentary from Jim Hightower and then a public affair with Boulder County Commissioner Marta Lochman and County Clerk and Recorder Molly Fitzpatrick. <laughs>